We are in Yavamos, Ayin Hey, Amr Aleph, 75a. And the Gemara now uh, discusses a new topic. We have a new topic based on the uh, Mishnah. We start off with the Mishnah from the beginning of this chapter, the 8th chapter, very interesting chapter. And the Mishnah has different parts to the Mishnah. It discusses different cases about scenarios when a person, his wife, his non-Jewish slaves, when they're allowed to eat Trima, when they're not allowed to eat Trima. And one of the cases is what happens if he has crushed testicles, if he's a Ptuadaka. Now, somebody who is a Ptuadaka, they have crushed testicles, they are not allowed to marry most Jews. They're not allowed to marry most other Jews. The next Mishnah, we will discuss uh, exceptions to this rule, but most Jews, they're not allowed to marry. Why not? Uh, so there's uh, many different answers to this question. The Torah says that it's a prohibition, which is the basic answer, but what's the underlying principle behind it? So some want to explain that uh, the reason is because marriage, even though marriage in and of itself is the goal, the relationship between the husband and the wife, but in addition to that, there's also uh, an additional goal of having children, and they're not able to have children. Now, we'll see the various limitations. Our Kamara will discuss when it applies, when it doesn't apply. Uh, it's, it seems that it's specifically in the context where you do it to yourself. It's not something which is natural, but it was when you did it to yourself, um, and not when it was... Uh, an act of God, um, and that's when there's a prohibition. Uh, another explanation as to why there's such a prohibition is because we are concerned that the wife, who really wants to have children, she's not able to have children within this marriage, and so she will commit adultery in order to become pregnant and have children. Perhaps that is the reason as well. Now, the Mishnah pointed out and said that if they enter into such a marriage and he has sexual relations with his wife, so then, even though he's allowed to eat truma, he's a Kohen. Let's say the, the, the cases where he's a Kohen. His wife is not allowed to eat truma, however, because she has had sexual relations with him in sin, because the, she's not allowed to have sexual relations with, with him. Um, however, the Mishnah points out also that if they were already married, and it was permissible for them to get married. He did not have crushed testicles at the time of the marriage. However, only later on does he have crushed testicles. So then... In that scenario, if they had sexual relations, so then she's not allowed to eat truma because they were living in sin. They had sexual relations in sin. However, if they were just married, they've been married for many years, and if they continue to remain married uh, for that time until they get divorced, uh, and they do not have sexual relations, so then she is allowed to continue eating truma. That's what the Mishnah says. So the Gemara will pick up on that point. And the Gemara says as follows. Ma'antana Mishnah Maris be a who is the opinion that says that even though they never had sexual relations, but since they're married, even though they have to really get divorced because they can't remain married, and until they get divorced, she's allowed to continue eating truma. Who holds like this? So this relates back to a discussion that we had much earlier in this tractate. We had the following case earlier. We had also a case where they were engaged even though it was a prohibition and they didn't have sexual relations yet. One case is where we have the high priest, the Kohen Gadol, is married to a widow, or an ordinary Kohen is married to somebody who is divorced. Um, in both of those scenarios, sorry, they're engaged, halakhically engaged, not married. So they are in this relationship where, in general, the wife is the wife of a Kohen and is allowed to eat truma. However, this is uh, a marriage which will ultimately lead, a natural progression is that it will lead to sin, to the act of sexual relations, which is a prohibition in this relationship. And so the question is, there's a dispute. 
could she eat truma? Could she not eat truma? Is she allowed to eat truma because in the end of the day, they did not have sexual relations yet? Or is she not allowed to eat truma because she's in this relationship which will ultimately lead to a prohibition? Are you allowed to eat truma? Is she allowed to eat truma or not? That is a dispute. So Amr Rabbalazar Rabbalazar says that dispute is the same, would also apply here. Those two opinions in the other case where it's a Kohen marrying somebody who's divorced or engaged, sorry, to somebody who's divorced, he says they're allowed to eat truma. So, so to in our case, uh, they would, allow, would be allowed to eat truma in a case where the husband and wife are not allowed to be remain married because he, has, he had crushed testicles, so they cannot remain married. So therefore, um, she is also allowed to eat truma because they didn't have sexual relations yet, uh, since, since the point in time in which he, he develops crushed testicles. However, the opinion that says that it's not allowed in the case of the Kohen to being engaged to uh, a divorcee would also apply the same principle and say they're not allowed to eat truma in our case where somebody who has crushed testicles is married uh, to another woman. That is the opinion of Rabbi Lazar. Rabbi Yochanan argues, and Rabbi Yochanan Amr, no, afilu temer Rabbi Meir, shiny hacha shikvar achla. Even Rav Meir, Rav Meir is an opinion that says that in the case of the Kohen, the regular Kohen who's engaged to a divorcee, even though in that case they can't eat truma, in our case you could eat. Why? What's the difference? In that case, the engagement itself was already a prohibition. They all knew, everybody knew, we knew that they're not allowed to get engaged. They're not allowed to get engaged because at the beginning of their relationship, we knew somebody who's divorced cannot have sexual relations with somebody who is a Kohen. However, in this case... In our case, the marriage was permissible. He didn't have crushed testicles at the time of the marriage. She's been eating truma for years since they've been married. She's the wife of a Kohen. So since she's been eating truma for years, happens to be in the middle of the marriage, he has crushed testicles, so they're not allowed to remain married. They have to get divorced. But until they actually get divorced, she's still viewed as the wife of the Kohen. She's been eating truma until now. She can continue eating truma. That's the opinion of Rabbi Yochanan. Rabbi Lezer argues. Rabbi Lezer says, no, shikfar achla lo amrinon. Says, who cares that she was already eating truma for years? We don't apply that principle in other cases. For example, classic case, wife of a Kohen. She's allowed to eat truma because she's the wife of a Kohen. The Kohen can eat truma, she can eat truma. Let's say the Kohen, her husband passes away. She's no longer allowed to eat truma. She's not married anymore. She's not allowed to eat truma. Oh, we should apply the principle that she's, she's been eating truma for years since they've been married. She should be able to continue eating truma. We don't apply that principle, so we don't care, says Rabbi Lazar, about the fact that she's been eating truma for so She's already been eating truma for so long. It doesn't make a difference. Once that relationship ends, so she's not allowed to eat truma anymore. Rabbi Yochanan says, no, how could you compare the two? The Gemara continues, Rabbi Yochanan, hasam paka kinyane, paka kinyane. Rabbi Yochanan says, no, what are you talking about? In that case, it was the end of the marriage. The husband died. So yes, she was able to eat truma while they're married. They're not married anymore. But in our case, where we have a psuadaka, somebody who's married, they're still married. They need a, a divorce document. It's not like they're not married. They're married. The Torah tells us they have to get divorced. But right now they're married. They didn't have sexual relations since uh, the point in time where he developed crushed testicles. So they're married. So, so, so Rabbi Yochanan makes the argument that since she's been eating truma until now, she can continue eating truma. And that is the position of Rabbi Yochanan. Rabbi Yochanan and Rabbi Lazar have an argument as to whether or not this previous argument that we've been discussing in the past about whether or not a woman who is uh, divorced, let's say, and she's married to a Kohen, could she eat truma? Could she not eat truma? 
Rebelezer says that it's parallel to our case. Rebelezer says it's not parallel at all. It's not parallel because in our case, they were allowed to get married originally. It was permissible. Okay, that's the end of that part of the Gemara. The Gemara now continues and discusses a lot of the specific graphic details of what does it mean uh, to have crushed testicles. What exactly uh, creates a psul, a disqualification from uh, marrying most people. So the Mishnah said, going back to the Mishnah said, what is a psudaka? Who is somebody who has crushed testicles? It says, anybody who is wounded even with only one of them. Now, one of what? So the Gemara explains. Tanarabana. It's taught in a brisa. What does it mean to have crushed testicles? If the testicles were wounded in a way where they cannot have children anymore, even if it was just one of the testicles, he cannot get married to most people. Even not just crushed, but even if it was only punctured. If there was a hole that went through the entire testicles from one side to the other, that would also disqualify him from marrying, people, from marrying uh, the vast majority of, of women. Even if a small part of them is missing, even if a small part is missing, that would also disqualify them. the son of said, He heard from the sages that were in Karim Biyavne, in the place where they studied, if you only have one testicle, so then it's fine. If you have one testicle, so then, so then you are allowed, you're fit to marry if you have one testicle. It's compared to Sris Chama. Sris uh, Chama is somebody who became sterile as a result of, uh, of the sun, but it's really referring to a fever, uh, where it is also, in that case, it's also permissible. That comes, it's an act of God, um, and that would be permissible, as we'll see that all these prohibitions are only if it's done by man, not as an act of God. So, so too, if it's one, if you only have one testicle. The Gemara says, It doesn't mean literally that it's uh, exactly comparable to, uh, to somebody who is not able to have children who's sterile from a fever. But the point is, is that they're allowed to get married. That's the point. If, even if they only have one testicle, they're allowed to get uh, married. Okay. The Gemara now questions the ruling that we just had. Uh, that if it, it's punctured from one side to the other, then they cannot have children. The Gemara says, "Venik of Lamolid, if it was punctured so that they cannot have children, is that, is, is that really true that they can't have children?" But we have the following story: There was a person who climbed a palm tree, the chars a silver bebeitzim, and a thorn punctured his testicles. de mugla, and semen uh, started uh, of pus oozed out from him. Veolid, and he was able to have children, even though it was punctured. Sigmar says, so it seems like they, they uh, could have children. But he had a child afterwards. So Sigmar says, no. It's not true. Rav said that it could not have come from this person. She must have committed adultery. It's hard to say that it came from this person. In the end of the day, the point is that uh, we are concerned. If a person has a punctured testicles, that they cannot have children, and therefore they cannot marry most women. This is the key line. Shmuel says that we're only the only time that this is a problem is if it was done by men. Uh, whether it's through an act of God, uh, Rashi points out, of thunder, of hail, from birth. Uh, the only time that it's a problem is if it's done by a person. A person crushes or has their crush, uh, their testicles crushed by somebody else. Okay. 
Rava says, I can prove this to you. It says, Ptsuadaka, one who is wounded, not the one who is wounded. The one who is wounded, it sounds like anybody, whether it was done by God, by man, it doesn't make a difference. It doesn't say that. It doesn't say the one. It says, one who is wounded in their testicles. It doesn't mean the one, because there are cases where it is, in fact, permissible. Bimasisantana. Another source for this idea that it has to be done through specifically through men. The verse connects uh, the case of a mamzer. A mamzer is a child from an illicit relationship. And also this case of somebody who has a wounded testicles. They, they, it's the very next verse. They're right, one right after another. To tell you that just like a mamzer is the product of what people do, so too when it comes to psuadaka, it's specifically crushed testicles done by people. Not by God, but it's not an act of God, but it's done by people. Okay. The Gemara now continues. Amar Rava, Petsua Bekulon Dach Bekulon Karis Bekulon. Rava says, wounded applies to all reproductive organs. When it says wounded, also crushed is all reproductive organs and severed. These are all caused, caused disqualifications. What does this mean? The Gemara explains, Petsua Bekulon, Ben Shinif Tzaget, Ben Shinif Tzubetzim, Ben Shinif Tzuchute Betzim. This is whether it happens uh, to the the member, the testicles, or the chute beitzim, the testicle cords, uh, by which the testicles are suspended. Dach um, bekulon, when it's crushed, all areas, ben whether the members crushed, the testicles, the testicle cords, kars bekulon, also severed, is ben shenechotaget, ben shenechotubetzim, ben shenechotubetzim, if all parts are severed. Those all cause problems. The, the underlying principle, according to many, is that they cannot have children as a result of this. The Rabbanan ask Rava. The Torah tells us only Daka. It's a wounded or crushed. It doesn't even say where on the body. Who said it's referring to uh, to the testicles? Maybe it's referring to the head. How do we know? So Rava says to him, because the fact that it doesn't say that uh, this you're not allowed to marry the second generation or third generation like it does by other cases we're not allowed to marry, like uh, like we'll see in the coming days of people from Amon, a specific nation. It says whether or not, how many generations are they not allowed to marry into them after they convert. It doesn't say this here. It doesn't mention generations because they're not able to have children. It must be referring to crushed testicles where you're not able to have children. The Gemara doesn't like this answer. The Gemara says, The reason why it doesn't say generations is because it's, <laughs> maybe it's just because the person who has crushed a crushed head, let's say, or whatever body part, they cannot get married. But if they have children, their children could get married. That, that's why it doesn't mention anything about the children, because the children could, in fact, get married. So the Gemara explains. Very interestingly, the says, No, because crushed is similar to the next phrase, which is krush shifcha, a severed shifcha. Because a krush shifcha is referring to uh, the male member. So to over here, when it says crushed, it's also referring to the same thing. How do we know that Chris Shifcha is also referring to um, to the male member? Maybe it's referring to the lips, where something it's, it literally means something spills. So it's true, it spills by the uh, by the penis. But how do we know that it's not referring to the lips? Things spill by the lips, also saliva. Where it says shafliksiv, b'makom shishofech. It says shafach, implying that it's an injury in a place where uh, it's it's 
that spills its liquid. It's not referring to lips. Lips don't cause the saliva to spill, um, but the male member does cause the semen to spill. They say, but still it could be referring to the nose. The nose also causes the, the mucus to spill. So the Gemara says, no. It doesn't say just something which causes it to spill, but it says, As a result, it's an organ that as a result um, of its severing, it spills its liquid. By the fact that when it's broken, that's when it, and it's severed, then it spills its liquid. But without severing, it doesn't spill, but it's mekalech. It doesn't spill out, but it, it, it spouts out. It's, it's ejected. Um, so that can only be referring to the male member. It can't be referring to as opposed to the nose where it spills out. The point is, is that it's fascinating. In the Torah, it's not explicit um, that we're referring to crushed testicles or the male member. It's not explicit. Uh, and so we have to figure it out. When we try to figure out from the language exactly how, how it works, that it's referring to not the crushed head or the crushed lips or the crushed nose. It's not explicit. So they, they ask, well, why doesn't the Torah just say explicitly? It's referring to the crushed uh, testicles. And this relates back to a Rambam. Maimonides says that the reason why Hebrew is referred to as Lashon HaKodesh, is the holy language, is because in the holy language, we do not have explicit words for our private parts. For different aspects, for sexual relations also, there's no explicit word. It says lavo to enter. There's no... Uh, separate word just for sexual relations, and so too when it comes to private parts, we don't we don't have an explicit word for it. We have to deduce it. We have to come up to some understanding of how it's referring to that area. But they, the lashon hakodesh is that it's the holy language. Very important point. Let's just finish up. Bimasis and Tana, another proof that it's referring to to that place. Again, the juxtaposition of a mamzer, which is the child of an illicit relationship, so that illicit relationship is in the context of sex, of a sexual relations, uh, in that area, so so too, when it comes to psuadaka, it's talking about that area. A few more lines. What happens if it's punctured below the corona, and then it passes through diagonally to the upper part? Rabbi Rechia Bar Abba wanted to say that that's permissible. However, Amalei Rabasi, Hachi Amar Rabbi Shobin Levi, Atara Kol Levi says, no, that as long as it's punctured anywhere, so then that would make them unfit to have children, and so therefore they would be disqualified. We'll see the Gemara in the next recording. We'll continue this discussion to discuss various details of what does it mean to have crushed or punctured testicles.